You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Here we are again. It's the Fearless Business Podcast with me, Robin Waite, the founder of Fearless Business. And I'm super excited to welcome my guest today. It's Tom Schwab. He is the CEO, but not your typical CEO. He is the Chief Evangelist Officer of Interview Valet, which is a white glove concierge service to help uh, coaches, consultants, and experts to find suitable podcasts to guest on. So welcome to the show, Tom. Robin, I am thrilled to be here. Are you, are you pumped? Are you ready? We've got 20 or 30 minutes. I was going to say, the only way this could be any better is if both of us were sitting at a pub and uh, and you were buying. But well, I'm like, excited. The listener doesn't know that. They don't know that we couldn't actually be sat in a pub having a pint and just chatting about podcasts, entrepreneurship, and being fearless. Perfect. Well, let's 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 go, and uh, we won't say what time of the day it is there, so nobody will make judgments. <laughs> uh, it's past the yardarm. We're we're absolutely fine. Nope. Again, nobody needs to know. Somewhere in the world, it's twelve p.m. Basically, that's it. So, uh, cool. So, Tom, in in your in your own words, um, uh, uh, tell us about yourself. What you what you do? Um, who you help, and how you help them. Sure. And so I believe today the biggest problem we all have is obscurity, right? We live in a world of abundance. There's a, abundance choices, abundant calories, um, abundant customers. Right now there's thousands, tens of thousands of people. Biggest problem is they don't know you exist. How can they buy from you if they don't know you exist? And honestly, I, I look at it and a lot of people are talking about, boy, how can you break through the noise? And honestly, I think when I try breaking through the noise, I'm just adding to it. And so I looked at this and say, well, how can we get in on the conversations? Get in on the conversations that our ideal customers are already listening to. Get introduced by one of their friends. And so uh, my background is inbound marketing, using content to attract, engage, and delight customers. And back in 2014, we started to say, could you use podcast interviews to get introduced by someone, uh, an influencer. Over the uh, years, we've refined the system and gotten just great results with it. Um, and, you know, I always say today, it's never been easier to sell something online. You know, just just be a penny cheaper than the next person. But it's never been harder to, um, to build a business. And I think really that takes people to get to know, like, and trust you. And there is no better way to do that than a podcast interviews. And so we work, uh, our company, Interview Value, LA helps authors, coaches, speakers, brands do just that. And and so what's what's your approach? Because I, I, you know, having I've actually used Interview Valet, so I can vouch for it personally, and it's a fantastic service. But um, for the um, for the humble uh, listener out there, the coaches, consultants, freelancers who are listening, who are thinking about maybe either getting into podcasting themselves, or uh, perhaps they're uh, maybe even thinking about um, how they might uh, become a guest on uh, you know the various different podcasts. And there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts, isn't there? Four hundred thousand podcasts, I think now. Um, you know, how, how does, how does somebody get started? How do you help them get started? 
Yeah. And with that, I don't think it's an either or. I say do whatever one works best for you. Just make sure you get heard by your ideal customers out there. Personally, I look at it and uh, Robin, my hat's off to you and still haven't launched my own podcast because I've looked at it and said, for me, being a guest is a whole lot easier. I totally agree. It's it's a great way to leverage um, other people's networks, isn't it? And kind of they're making that, like you said, that referral, that introduction for you via their, via their own podcast, via their own network. And I think what what better way to, you know, you can't get a greater leverage, I don't think, in this day and age. Right. And, uh, you know, that that really uh, of how to get people to to know, like, and trust you. There's a, uh, a great tweet out there by um, Rand Fishkin. And he said, the best way to sell something today is not to sell anything, but to earn the respect, awareness, and trust of those who might buy. And I think that's really what we're doing on podcasts here. And you you talked about, well, where do you get started? Um, I, I think if you look back at it and say, well, where do you get started? Take yourself out of the digital world and put yourself back 20, 30 years and say, in, in the pre-digital world, how would you do this? Well, you'd, you'd find the people that knew your ideal customers. Okay, so apply that to podcasts. What podcast hosts have the audience that have your ideal listeners. And bigger is not always better, right? Sometimes it could be a very niche down podcast. Um, the other thing is, is well, where do you get to uh, to start? It's a sales pitch, right? Nobody wants to, to listen to an infomercial. So, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about jab, 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 right hook. And I probably missed a few jabs in there, but I look at it as, <laughs> you know, serve, 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 ask. And usually, uh, you know, like it's like today with content. If you keep putting out great content out there, if you continue to serve, all of a sudden people are asking you, how can I work with you? The book, Take Your Shot. I love that book. And after reading that book, it's like, wow, he has the answers. How can I work with you on that? It wasn't a sales pitch. That was a lot of serving so that people can go and say, ask, how can you get me these results? 100%. I mean, for me, it's uh, thank you very much for the lovely com- compliments about Take Your Shot. You know, I always designed that book to um, be exactly what you said, like deliver as much value as you possibly can. Like ultimately for me, I've, I've always um, set my goals out by how many people I want to help. And fundamentally, there's only one of me, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you'd noticed. And I can't help like tens or hundreds of thousands of people on my own. So I kind of like to think that books podcasts, interviews, speaking gigs, all of those sorts of things are, they're they're like the little foot soldiers out there doing the bulk of the work for me. And in, in the, on the whole, it's whilst I'm asleep as well, because I don't have to be out there like hawking books, you know, for five bucks a time or whatever, or speaking all the time. You know, people can, it's one of the things that I love the most about podcasts. People can, they can say I'm a freelancer. They choose their tribe that they relate to. They find a podcast that is designed specifically for freelancers, giving them that sort of advice. And then you know, rather than it being like this, like you said, that broadcast advertising, one-to-many advertising, you're actually in their ears, like speaking directly to them. They're, in my in my opinion, I think the um, when you helped me discover like the whole podcasting uh, way of life, it was um, it totally opened up my eyes. And when people when I have inquiries which come in now, it's almost like people know me already, and I think that's such a powerful thing. Doesn't that make for a a weird sales call when they call you and it's the first time you've ever talked with them, ever met them, and they know everything about you? It's almost like they are pre-sold 
and they just want to talk to you to sign up. And it's it's almost like a qualification call there. You want to make sure that they're a good fit, but it's almost like they've they've listened to a 30 or 45 minute presentation. And I always love that. I say there's three types of people that hear me on a podcast. The first group of people say, Tom is an idiot. That's, you know, <laughs> no judgment on that. They may be right. All I know is if they think that, we're not going to work well together. But people will go, huh, that was really interesting, but it's not something I need right now. And they go on with that. The third group are the ones that go, wow, what interview valet offers is what I need. They work with people like me. They get results. We want more great customers, not just great leads. And uh, when we first started testing this, one of the things we found was that the conversion rate from visitor to lead coming from a podcast interview was 25 times greater than a blog. And at first I thought, eh, it's a personality, it's a niche. Uh, this couldn't be. And the more we tested it and more refined it, it's the closest thing you're going to get to a personal referral. If the podcast host introduces you to someone, calls them an expert, that's that's a hot lead when that comes. That's it. I mean, they've they've like you said, they've already kind of they're presenting you as a as an expert, you know, an authority figure. And so it's kind of like, hey, I trust this person enough to get them onto my podcast, therefore they're probably okay. Uh, what would you say is um, you know, because there's gonna be people out here listening to this thinking, well, I, I would love to guest on podcasts. So why can't why would somebody use interview value? Why would they not just go out there and do this for themselves? And that is a great question. And I always say everything we do, um, it's not uh, some magical potion that we do. We just do it with excellence. You know, there's everything we do. I, I put in a book. Uh, I wrote a book called Podcast Guest Profits, How to Grow Your Business with Targeted Podcast Interviews. Uh, I sell a lot of copies, but I give more away and be happy to give that away to, to anybody that wants it. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash fearless, and I'll put everything that uh, Robin and I talk about there. Superstar. Perfect. Now, what, what we found was when I started to put it out there, people would go, yeah, you know, Tom, I understand. You, you've given me the cookbook. Uh, you've put some videos out there. You showed me exactly how to do this. But they're looking to say, I, I want to be the guest. You take care of all the rest. You know, I, I, I know my zone of genius. I want to present. I don't want to have to do all the back end work. Good. Because it takes a lot of effort. It's like what you were saying right at the start. You know, the the whole marketing has changed dramatically in the last thirty years with the advent of the internet, and there are there's ten times the number of different things we need to be doing now just to get found. So, you know, yes, make podcasting part of your strategy, but why not outsource the process of, you know, getting onto the best podcasts? And the other thing too is relationships, right? Uh, relationships are the ultimate currency. We've got a, a team right now of 16. They're all based uh, in the United States, but not everybody uh, lives in Kalamazoo, Michigan with me. And the, the relationships they have with the podcasters are just amazing. And so, you know, p podcasters have three types of people on their podcast. They're friends, people they want to be their friends, and friends of friends. Right. So if you just do a cold pitch to a podcast, especially if it's one that's, you know, more established, the type that you really want to be on, that cold pitch just isn't going to work. You're going to have to get some kind of personal introduction. And that's really what we do. And the other thing, too, is that it just saves time. You know, ultimately, uh, we focus on getting the maximum return on investment for our clients. 
You know, if you're a, a speaker, a, a consultant, a freelancer, a, a coach, um, you're making money while you're doing what only you can do. Uh, if you're doing something that you can outsource, minimizing your costs, but not maximizing your revenue. And at the end of the day, you're not maximizing your your profits either. That's it. And I, I, one of my questions was going to be, well, how, how do you actually calculate that ROI? Because sometimes it's quite difficult to know. I mean, if somebody says, hey, I, I was listening to your pod, the Fearless Business podcast and I heard you, then you can kind of track that back. But, um, you know, with with um, websites, Facebook ads, all of the other types of marketing that are available to you, you know, you can get instant stats on um you know, what, what traffic's coming in, where the leads are coming from and those sorts of things. So with podcasts, how, how would you recommend people sort of go about measuring the impact, you know, the ROI? That's a great question. And to pull, pull behind the curtain, uh, that one of the ways to do that is what I just did. Always send people to a dedicated welcome page. And when I said, you can get the free book, I didn't just send you to the, the homepage, right? Because you've never seen me. You've never seen my website and I have no idea uh, where the traffic is coming from then. So we made a special page, you know, interviewvalet.com forward slash fearless. And so if you do that now, when they go to that page, you can attribute the traffic. You could set up your marketing. So you reference the podcast host every time. And I'll tell you what's going to be on that page. Uh, You know, the first thing that's going to load is going to be Robin's picture. It's going to be the artwork from the podcast. So those tacit trust seals, then there's going to be some some text talking about what we talked about here and then different offers. So that's one way that you can attribute the traffic. Another thing is to just ask people on your inboarding, hey, where did you find out about me? Now, they may not remember what podcast they heard you, but they'll remember hey, I heard you on a podcast, or they'll start referencing things. And sometimes it's funny with 1,200 podcast interviews, they'll mention an interview that I did four years ago, and I'm trying to remember what did I talk about on that interview. Um, so uh, that's that's one way to figure out the ROI. Other ways is to to look at what value you put on different things. So some of our clients say, we're doing podcast interviews just for the SEO, the search engine optimization. And so they might say, well, we value every backlink as X. Or um, they may say, we're doing this to build our social media. And they'll say, from podcast interviews, we built our Instagram from this to this. So they'll put that to it. And with a lot of the, the people we work with, you know, the authors, the coaches, the consultants, they don't always do closed loop marketing. Now, there's a couple that do. And I love, I love working with accountants because they know their number. We worked with one accountant that does fractional CFO work, and he could tell you where every customer came and how much money he spent on them. And Craig Cody actually presented these uh, numbers at PodFest, but he said at 12 months, he had a 600% return on podcast interview marketing. And at two years, 24 months, he had a 1200% return. Now there's other customers that we work with that are like software as a service, and they've got the systems in place to say, we know down to the penny what our cost of lead acquisition is, what our cost of customer acquisition is. And they consistently come back and say, podcast interview marketing is the most efficient channel that they have. 
And I, I, I wonder as well about, is there like a tipping point? Do you have to have been on, you know, a, a lot of podcasts or is it, you know, because one of the things I noticed when I was working with you as well, and you, again, you touched upon this earlier on, is Interview Valet seemed to be able to open the door to podcasts that I would never probably have been able to access uh, in terms of like t- to get the interviews. And I guess there's something about when, you know, when a when a podcast host gets an email from Interview Valet, they're like, Cool. Tom's found us another great guest. Uh, there is, and there's that relationships. You know, relationships are the ultimate currency. So they're getting pitches all the time. But when they get one from uh, their, their porter, we call them podcast porters that to work with the podcasters, they've had that relationship with them. In fact, I remember uh, being at a convention, uh, PodFest, uh, a couple of years ago, and there was a big podcaster. Michael O'Neill runs the Solopreneur Hour probably getting about 50,000 downloads per episode. He came up to me and he says, interview valet. He said, do you know Rosie? And I said, Rosie Stewart. He goes, oh, I love Rosie. You know, we talk every couple of weeks. She brings me great guests. Um, We chat on different things. And then he looked at me and he said, how do you know Rosie? And I didn't want to be a jerk and say, well, I sign her paycheck. I just said, I get the opportunity to work with her also. Yeah. And didn't realize that uh, that you were the founder of the company. But to me, it's I love that because he has the relationship that he, Rosie can introduce him to different people. And I think that's really that foot in the door. You know, if you want to get on uh, back when it was going, the Oprah Winfrey show, I mean, can you imagine how many pitches that she got each day? And podcasters are the same way now. Uh, I, I probably get pitched once or twice a day for my podcast, and I don't have a podcast. Um, but there are just uh, so many pitches out there that really, how can you st- how can you stand out? And, uh, you know, we've built the relationships. We're at the meetings. And, and we also know which podcasts convert the best. You know, there's an algorithm we look at to really to make sure that, you know, with over 400,000 podcasts, like you said, nobody has time to go on 400,000 to figure out which one's going to move it. So that's where our expertise comes in. I, I bet there are some people out there who have tried to get on all 400,000 podcasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's, I, I, I guess as well, it's, um, you know, one of the things I loved the most, actually, was the fact that when I signed up to you, because I knew very little about podcasting, uh, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to do a spoiler here, Tom, but um, you sent me this wonderful um, welcome pack when I signed up, um, and so I, I'm definitely not going to say what's in it, but it, like, do sign up to Interview Valley just for the pack because it is amazing. But there was um, a couple of things that were in there which I can probably say it was just a, a really helpful guide as to things that you should do in order to prepare for a podcast, and you had these door hangers which um, you. Uh, sort of, you know, silence recording in progress, you know, or keep quiet recording in progress, which I, I still use sort of a year plus on now since, we, since we've been working together. And just little touches like that, I think, are just so important in this day and age. Um, you know, it, it, and I think that's what separates Interview Valet from a lot of the other services which I've used is just those, those really, really personal touches. And um, one of the things I'm curious about, though, is um, obviously I, you know, I can't even remember how we got in touch in the first place. But um, so for somebody who is maybe thinking about um, recording their first podcast episode, you know, they're, they're, they're like, right, I'm going to do this podcast thing. Uh, what would what would be the first sort of step or the first sort of tips, best tips that you can ad- advise for that person to do? 
I think the actions can be very easy, right? We're all excited. I, I want to do a podcast interview. I want to start a podcast. I want to do this. But take a step back and say, why? What is the strategy behind it? What are you trying to do? What do you want people uh, to do after they hear you? Who do you want to talk to? Um, the the sad fact is that most podcast um, podcasts die within the first ten episodes because people just get burnt out really quick. I've even seen it with podcast guests where people will go, you know, I was on a dozen podcast interviews and it didn't do anything. And I look at the podcast they were on, and it was like those were the most random podcasts that I have ever seen. How did you pick those? Well, it was the first twelve I got on. And so with that, it's like um, you've got to think through the strategy. And if you've got a strategy of what you are doing, um, it will make all the difference in the world. You know, I always say if you try one or two of anything, it never works. So it's so it's actually it's um it's not really about the podcast at all. And it's actually about kind of aligning aligning your purpose, you know, for your business with you know your why, who your target audience is. That kind of delineates like what your next step should be. I think like that's super important. And what you've just said there about, I mean, I see it in other areas of business as well, you know, not just um sort of podcast and marketing, but where people get burnt out is and I've I've found, and you've probably seen this, is just where they don't get the immediate validation. Like they don't get the the dopamine hit by oh ten thousand people listen to my episode and I got a ton of inquiries. Like you might have to get through a hundred podcast interviews before you get results like that. And the thing is, is each one builds on each on it on it the other one. So a bigger podcast or an introduction from that podcast host to someone else. And I think you're right. We're so used to that dopamine hit. You know, if I spend uh, fifty dollars on Facebook. Tomorrow, I can tell you. Well, how many how many views did I have? How many clicks did I get? Uh, you could record a podcast interview, and it may not go live for four to six weeks. And even then, it's out there, but you may not get the immediate feedback. But still, two years from now, you could have somebody that says, "Hey, I heard you on the Fearless uh, the Fearless Business Podcast, and uh, you know, I, I want to work with you." And so to me, it's more, uh, it's not just the the dopamine hit. You're planting all these seeds and they're going to keep coming up and and for a long, long time. It's evergreen content. Uh, you know, you could not post another thing uh, for years. And if your content's out there, people will still find you. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I liken it to kind of being, it's exponential. So it feels like it's really hard work at the moment. You're doing all these little things. You're not really getting the, the results, which you kind of, everybody tells you, you might or should be ex- um, sort of expecting. But then gradually over a period of time, like they compound and you get, you get more and more and more results. It's still not passive. I think uh, what a lot of people make the mistake of, especially, you know, with podcasts, that sort of media is that they put the content out there and just expect somebody else to kind of do all the work of pushing it. Tell you what the best results I've got is when I've been a guest on somebody else's podcast and I've taken the time to schedule it into my social media posts and share it in amongst my network. 
And the simple fact that probably they may well be maybe a bit bored of hearing me speak, but ultimately it's then the conversation I'm having with the other entrepreneur that then sparks other ideas, but there's the association. So it's about being kind of more, you know, getting active rather than just passively thinking that people are going to buy from you. It's getting it's getting active and kind of putting up, you know, not I call it knocking down all those little dominoes, you know, rather than leaning against the one big domino, which is the 10,000 listeners and you know, this, that, and the other. Does that kind of make sense? It does. And uh, Brian Halligan, who's the CEO of HubSpot, um, he put out an article recently, I think it was in Harvard Business Review, where he talked about it's not the sales funnel anymore. It's the sales flywheel. Yes. And his point was that every quarter, every month, you know, well, we got to put this much in the top of the funnel to get this much out of the bottom. He looked at it as a flywheel. And it's like, what are you doing to add momentum to that flywheel. So that that uh, Facebook video that you did, okay, that adds a little bit to it. That, uh, that podcast, that adds a little bit to it. And that podcast interview, that adds more and more momentum. And so all of a sudden, you've got all this momentum going. And you could take a, a month off for holiday, there's still that momentum going where you're going to get leads from that. And it, it's almost that you hit a critical mass there where you're everywhere, right? I've, I've, I've seen you on Facebook. I've seen um, people sharing your content. I've heard you on podcast interviews. And, you know, now, you know, I've, I've read your books on Amazon. Robin Waite must be the man. I see him everywhere. Yeah, it is a bit like that. I think some people sometimes think that I'm stalking them, but hey, the less said that about that, the better. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of following them around uh, online, just delivering a ton of value, basically. That's what it's all about. I've got a couple of um, sort of more personal questions now. So I want to dig under the skin of Tom a little bit. So I'm going to ease into that with hopefully a might be a, a simple question, but I want to know, um, A, what is your favorite podcast, but also um, what, what books could you recommend? You mentioned a couple and what experts do you, do you follow, Tom? Uh, well, I always say my favorite podcast is whichever one a guest was on last. So we give you feedback on the podcast interviews. And so with that, uh, I'm listening to a lot of diverse podcasts and I love it because I, I tend to get into that same routine, you know, listen to the 10 podcasts, dozen podcasts, whatever it is, and going out to a different podcast exposes you to different ideas. That's it. And and books, any, are there any other experts which you would kind of recommend that um, sort of business owners can can get stuck into? Uh, yeah, there's so many. I'm an avid uh, reader. I say reader, but I actually listen to most of my uh, books. And I'm probably lis listening to two or three books a week just because, um, you know, I, I, I have to learn. And also for our clients coming on, I, I try to uh, listen or read their books before they come on. Uh, there was one that really struck me recently um, by a guy by the name of David Rendell. He wrote a book called The Freak Factor. And also, yes, I know it. Yep. Um, he's got a new one out called Pink Goldfish. And uh, there was a great exercise in that book where he went through and had you list all of your your strengths and then he had a list and check all of your weaknesses. And then he put them together and he realized and you came to appreciate that the things that are my strengths are also my weaknesses. Like for me, one of my weaknesses, people would say, is Tom is impulsive. He is uh, ready, uh, fire, aim. Okay, that, that's a weakness. But the strength that goes along with that is, man, I am a 
quick learner, a quick actor, um, a quick implementer. And so those two go together. You can't have one without the other. And uh, that book really, um, while it's been told to me a lot, uh, really caused me to embrace and, and love uh, my differences and my what other people might see as my weaknesses. Cool. And and speaking of kind of um, in being impulsive, what what started you on your entrepreneurial journey in the first place? I, I the I think I was always had an entrepreneurial longing in my life. As I look back as what I did as a, um, in high school to make money, you know, mowing lawns and then hiring other people to do the work, um, things like that. Uh, but what really I looked for and was, well, I've got to get a steady job. I've got to get a stable career. Um, and I, uh, I worked in the military. Uh, my first job out of college was in the Navy. Um, then I worked in corporate America and I always felt like I was a, a round peg in a square hole. And it wasn't until I, I realized that my true stability, my true security came from the ability to perform, not just working for a big corporation. And boy, once I started that, uh, I learned so much. I enjoyed it so much. And uh, my income and I'd say my job security also went up uh, immensely. When it's interesting, isn't it? Because when you get those freedoms, like the the autonomy to kind of do whatever you want with your time, the freedom to spend time with your family, the freedom to like you know, like you said, the financial freedoms which come with it, um, it's it's so enlightening. And so you see what what because obviously you're, you're now not not in corporate America. So what um what 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 when was what was what did the day look like when you decided I've had enough of this, I'm going to do my own thing. I would I would point to two two specific days. The first one was when I said I'm going to get out of the Navy, um, and I remember uh, my dad when I told him I'm leaving the Navy. He called me a fool, and he's like, "All you've got to do is spend 15 more years, and you get the retirement." You know, why would you ever leave that? And wow. I just I just 15 years, <laughs> another 15 years, and I'm like, I will be dead in 15 years. So then I went into corporate America, and shortly thereafter, I took a straight commission sales job, which to me was like the closest thing to to entrepreneurship. And when I told my dad I was doing that, he called me a dang fool, or words to that effect. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he said, um, "You know, you're married, you've got kids, you've got a mortgage, you can't do this. You're a you're you're a dang fool." And luckily. Uh, he saw how happy I was, how successful I was, and he lived. Uh, he passed away uh, about eighteen years ago, but he lived long enough to uh, to see that. And he said, "You were right um, that taking the the safe quote unquote safe way that everybody else would," uh, he said, "would have made you miserable." And he said, uh, "To see you come come alive and be so successful and so happy in that, even with all of the struggles," uh, he said uh, that. That was the you, you took the road that was best for you. So I, I, I look at those those times where my dad called me a fool and a dang fool as uh, as pivotal times. <laughs> well, it's it's that moment, isn't it, where you kind of um, you have to push everything to one side and realize that life is basically too short. And um, I always I I always call that the fearless moment for. Um, 
you know, for a business owner to take the stand on the precipice of leaving their job, stepping out into the unknown, it takes an awful lot of courage. So, you know, um, your dad was right. You probably were a full Tom, but actually it was probably the best thing. Well, it was the best thing that you could have ever have done for yourself and for your family to give yourself that the ultimate freedom. Um, and I, I, I hat tip to anybody in your position who did, who does something, you know, takes that monumental decision like you did. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I think other people see it as fearless, right? Oh, he's fearless to, to go from one thing to another, but we all know, man, we got the fear inside of us. Um, but it's that fear, fear will always be there. It's like, what do you do with it though? Do you, do you let it control you? Or do you say, yeah, I'm fearful, but I know that I can control this and uh, that I can make this work. That's it. And push, push through it. I think you used the words earlier on. You just kind of, you just push through that challenge and hey, next thing you look back and go, oh, that was easy. It's just that, uh, I think it was Seneca who said that um, things are much worse in your imagination than they ever are in reality. Um, and I, I think that's the case. And I think once, you know, the real, the re- stark reality is that in business, there isn't actually really anything to be afraid of. It's not like we're on the plains of Africa getting chased by lions. You know, we're, we're on, we, we, we leave busy lives, but certainly we're not going to get eaten by a lion just through running our business. There will be bad times. There'll be good times, hopefully more good times than bad. Um, but we can get through it. Um, cool. I, I want to dig into as well. Like imagine, imagine you're sat next to not, not next to me in the pub having a beer, but imagine you're sat next to, um, the version of Tom who is 10 years younger the 10 year younger version of tom is there anything that you would say to him now to accelerate his journey very much so it would be now is the time and i think if i was my 10 year self from now you know if the the person that uh, i am now 52 uh, if the the person that was 62 came back i think he would tell me the same thing now is the time uh, you're, you're ready. Um, you know, a lot of times we say, well, I'm too old. Um, I'm, I've got too young of a family. I don't have a family, all the rest of that. There's all kinds of reasons, but now is the time you think about it. We should pinch ourselves and just wake up smiling in the morning, right? The, the, the tools that we have today, there has never been a better time to be alive. Now, there's a lot of problems in the world, right? But to think about it, here we are. I, I consider you a friend, Robin, even though we've never met, right? But we're connected. 100%. And the, we're talking over basically free tools. 20 years ago, uh, the leaders of our country couldn't have talked over the kind of tools we have. And now we got them for free. Um, and it's it's just great. And even you look at it and say, well, we're not being chased by lions anymore. There's nothing to be fearful of. I looked at it one time and said, I had a really bad day, Robin. You know, the, the internet went down for probably two hours and the day was just <laughs> awful. And I'm like, that's a bad day for me. A bad day for my grandfather was like, when he was burying children. And I'm like, the problems we have today, uh, you know, we got to put them in in perspective. And uh, yeah, there's fear is a natural human instinct. But when you look at it, uh, there's nothing really to be afraid of. And now is the time. I'll I'll say that to myself and maybe I'll, I'll set up a reminder to listen to this podcast 10 years from now to remind myself that still now is the time. 
put it in a time bank to be delivered to you via whatever you know maybe you should do that actually interesting i, I reviewed um take your shot and uh, i don't know if you noticed but obviously david is a is a brilliant business coach in take your shot um he's a little bit older than me but actually i kind of designed when i kind of wrote up the character for david he is how i perceive me to be in 20 years time kind of just mooching around, like helping people, doing what he loves best, you know, uh, taking advantage of whatever opportunities kind of pop up at that time and and generally adding value to the world. And uh, I, I'd say that David followed your advice um, in Take Your Shot. And it's like for him, it was always now is the time. <laughs> it, was, it made me chuckle actually when you were saying about kind of like taking for granted what we have now. I was on a flight last year. I can't remember which airline it was, but they just introduced uh, Wi-Fi on board the plane. And um, literally like the day before, and this guy was moaning because it wasn't working. I was like, well, yesterday it didn't exist. It wasn't even a thing. And now you're getting like your ants in your pants because you can't get access to Wi-Fi. It's like, really, what is this world coming to? Yeah, it's it, uh, it, it's weird. Um, there's a venture capitalist, Mike Maples, uh, is a, a big um, – uh, investor out in Silicon Valley. He was early in uh, Twitter and Uber. And he made a, a comment uh, that really struck me that, you know, 20 years ago, it was a world of scarcity, right? You know, scarce choices, scarce resources, scarce customers, right? If somebody didn't live within five or 10 miles of you, they couldn't be your customer. And now it's a world of abundance that as long as they speak our language or um, uh, have access to the internet, they're now our customer. Think about the scale of my world is, or my world of customers is within 10 miles to my world of customers is now a billion people. That is just amazing. Isn't it just? And we can reach them all through the power of the podcast, which is even better. So uh, I think we're going to wrap up now, Tom. Uh, so I just wanted to say a personal, um, A, thank you for um, all of the help that um, you've given me on sort of uh, in the encouragement in terms of getting my podcast up and running, but also um, through the work we've done with you through Interview Valet. Um, but B, I also wanted to now just give you the opportunity just to um, let everybody listening to the Fearless Business Podcast know how uh, they can get hold of you and also you mentioned about your book as well which they could get hold of um, a copy of so go for it Tom how can we get hold of you yeah and with that if you're listening to this you know the power of podcasting you know that your ideal customers are going to be listening to it you know there's things that you could offer them so it's never been easier be a podcast host be a podcast guest be both but just get out there and and share what you have with the world they're they're waiting for it and if I can be of any help, just go back to interviewvalet.com forward slash fearless. I'll, like I said, I'll put a copy of that book there. Um, Robin had talked about the checklist that we give every one of our clients. Uh, you know, checklists are written in blood. Make sure it's somebody else's blood. <laughs> with that, I'll put the checklist on that same page. And I'll put all my social media there if you want to connect with me. Or if you think that uh, we could help you, um, you know, turn listeners into leads and really leverage targeted podcast interviews, I'll put a link there and we can set up a time to talk. Just go to interviewvalet.com forward slash fearless. Awesome. And I will also drop that link into the um, the show notes, which will obviously be going out on the, the various different channels that the Fearless Business Podcast is on. So uh, once again, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. I really appreciate your time for coming on as a, as a, as a guest today. Um, thank you very much. 
Thank you, Robin. And uh, next time we talk, uh, the next round's on me. Oh, fantastic. What are you drinking? (laughs) Whatever they're pouring. (laughs) Brilliant. And on that note, thanks again, Tom Schwab from Interview Valley for um, uh, being a guest on the Fearless Business Podcast. We shall see you shortly for the next episode. 